again, everybody. It is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. It's time for episode 277. And I'm Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of the Mainland.com, SB Nation's website covering Orlando City SC, the Orlando Pride, and all things soccer related in the city beautiful. Joining me from Tallahassee, Florida, live uh, as we record this, not live as you listen to it, David Rowe. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing well, and welcome to 2022. When you yeah. say that, it feels like we're in the future. But uh, Happy New not. Year. It's the, <laughs> it's the 11th. I think the moratorium on being able to say Happy New Year is past. But, uh, Probably. Well, we, and we, you'll notice I didn't <laughs> actually say Happy New Year. <laughs> we wish, but we do wish uh, all of our listeners and uh, mainland readers a very happy and prosperous 2022. Yeah. I would say something like it's got to be better than the last two years, but we've learned our lesson on doing that. Well, see, everybody at the end of 2021 was filling my timeline. Oh, I can't wait to get rid of this miserable year. And I'm like, and, and how oh, this is the worst year. And I'm like, do you not remember 2020? Do you not remember the election and the, you know, the racial stuff going on? And Oh, and also the pandemic. <laughs> right. And all those things. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, I'm not. I, I I don't believe in jinxes, but I'm not going to jinx this. <laughs> yeah. I'll take 2021 over 2020. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay, that's fair. Um, and then you know, if we just make a little bit incremental uh, improvement in 2022, I'll I'll, I'll take it. Because we're beaten down, and we might as well. Yeah. <laughs> what else are we gonna do? It's <laughs> not gonna do? <laughs> like we have it. I'm not checking out. I'm not ready to check out yet. Um, no. All right. So, Dave, we, we've had some things happen since you and I last talked. And, and we th- we're we trying to have an off season here, you and I. We're trying to yeah. have a normal off season. And so last week we could have done a show and talked about Daryl DK transferring out. and then it's, But it's like that's kind of been a thing that's been in the background percolating for a while. It seemed like probably not – worth a whole show just to talk about that so we figured well let's just kick the can and then we'll come up with uh we'll come up with a full show and here we go we're, we're here with a full show yes so let us start off with you know obviously the dk transfer daryl dk uh we've heard i don't know how many rumors we heard but there were there were different teams involved there was crystal palace and there was west brom and there was all kinds of things going on there was oh they wanted to be alone maybe alone with the option to buy uh but in the end the best thing happened that could have happened and that is that if if daryl was going to leave we don't have to deal with the drama of last year it is a transfer he's been sold to west brom uh, reportedly uh, in the neighborhood of $9.5 million, a pretty tidy bit of business for a uh, super draft pick for Orlando mm-hmm. City. Um, and we're hearing that you know some incentives could be met that would uh, maybe uh, stick some more money on top of that. Look, that's a, that's a good deal. I'm, I'm in the deal-making business as a car salesman, and I know a good deal, and that was a good deal. We did not pay a lot for Dale DK. The return on investment for that man between production and then the money from the transfer, that was a good deal. Everybody should be happy. I understand we're all a little depressed because he's now moved on and we don't get to have him anymore on Orlando City. But that's a lot of that's a lot of cash is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is uh 100% a good bit of business that said, you know, we're fans and we, we don't like when our favorite players leave our team. We don't like especially when they score goals. That's, that was my next statement is we, we especially don't like it when the ones that are filling the nets go somewhere else because the ones that fill the nets help us win soccer games. And that's kind of why we like them. Yes, exactly. Oh, well, but you know, as you say, you know, this was time for him to move on. And so off he went. And here we are thinking, how are we going to do this now? There's no Nani. There's no DK. There's no Chris Mueller. That's only, you know, more than half the team's offense from last year. Yeah, no big deal. I'm sure that's easily be able to be replaced. It'll be fine. 
Yeah. I can't wait to see how how that happens. <laughs> yeah, that's still up in the air, ain't it? Yeah, you and I last spoke on December 22nd, and, you know, we, we do have some things that, that have happened, because one of, the thing, one of the things that happened was that uh, Juan mm-hmm. has uh, re-signed. He signed a new two-year contract. They picked up his option, but they said, you know what, we, we, we want Ron to stick around for a while. We want him here. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to extend him, you know, he didn't do that with Daryl, but they did no. do it with Juan. And so Juan is back for another couple of years. Good move. He's, uh, you know, he's been a guy who's, yeah, he, he picks up knocks every now and then, but every fullback does. He's actually been fairly durable in his time in Orlando. He has, and as one of the speedier guys in the league, he, if nothing else, he brings that. And he brings some other things, too. He's Because of that speed, he can get back and defend. Yes, we wish he would cross better. But once again, as we've said many times, if he could, we wouldn't have him anyway. So you mm-hmm. kind of get – you know what you're getting with Ron. And what we're getting is a good MLS quality uh, right back that now is locked in for another two years. Exactly. And it's nice to have. It's nice to know that that situation is uh... – has been taken care of and Juan, hey, it's good to have you, buddy. Indeed. The Flash, man, the Flash is back. It's good to see. So the you know, the Lions also of course have uh, have re signed Mauricio Pereira. That mm-hmm. was a, a, a thing that we didn't know would happen. We don't know if he's gonna be a designated player or not yet. The chances are good that he probably will be, but he's still if they signed him for at or less than what he was making before, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the the club could uh, not make him, you know, just make him a TAM player and keep that open. Then, uh, but that again, that's not enough. That's not enough when you're talking about this attack. This attack needs to, to be bolstered. And one of the things we keep hearing is that Alexander Pato will be coming back, uh, that he's close to signing a one-year deal. And, of course, Pato has um, gone on social media and posted, uh, you know, emojis of pens, and he's taken Instagram pictures of him holding a pen. Yeah. And so we know he owns owns a pen. We've seen it. Just want to use it. Just got to use it, man. What if it doesn't have ink in it? Oh, that would be harsh. Maybe that's why the club hasn't announced the signing yet, because he's still looking for a pen that has ink. What are we in the 1800s? <laughs> he doesn't have. He's got to dip his quill in the ink pot <laughs> and sign on the dotted line. Um, but it's interesting to me that the team is wanting to bring back Pato, and the Pato wants to, to come back. It's it's probably going to be an incentive laden contract where it says. If you got to do this to earn this much and this to earn this much, and here's your base, and the base isn't going to be you know huge because you don't want to take a big financial risk on a player who gave you uh, about two thirds of a game and then was missing until the end of the season and then gave you like 15 minutes here and there at the last couple of games. Correct. That would be the opposite of that DK deal we're returned about with return on investment. This would be bad return on investment. That's right. So I... <laughs> they they need they need a healthy Alexander Pato, and Alexander Pato has not been healthy so far. But a healthy Pato could provide some of that offense that we talked about. Now I don't think that you want to go into your season as with Pato as your presumed starter because as I said he missed a lot of games and yeah. his history with injuries is not great. So when he's healthy and he's in form, he's probably as good as a striker as you'll find in MLS or, you know, at least a top tier. But you know, how many games do you have that? We don't know. And you don't have DK. We already know that Tesho is, is not the answer as a starter. Um, he's a good spot starter he's a good guy to come in off the bench he's a good backup to have great team guy does a lot of the little things well but he's not going to fill the net you know with with what you need to to compete you need a striker in this day and age to compete for the playoffs you need a striker who's going to put double figures goals in the net and you know daryl did it in just 
you know, relatively few games. So that's kind of what you need. And also, you're not going to have the same service if you don't have a Nani. So now you're you really need that striker to help out. Yeah. So where do you find? So you get rid of a Daryl DK mm-hmm. and get you know, rid of yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we got rid of that bum. Get rid of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> a, a young, you know, dynamic uh, striker who's got tremendous upside and a very high ceiling and is moving on. Good for him. Good for West Brom. The money is good for us. But man, replacing that is definitely difficult. It's difficult. It needs to be a high priority because the names that have been linked with Orlando City in the off season are young players that have primarily been wingers. And Orlando lost, let's face it, two starting wingers and a starting striker. And if they sign these two uh, youngsters that uh, have been reported, widely reported, then you, maybe you've got your wingers replaced. You know, there's no guarantees. They're young guys. You know, they have to they have to come into a new culture in a foreign land. They have to acclimate to a physical lead league that's very demanding in terms of travel. Very demanding in terms of um, different climates. I mean, you could be playing in the mountains one you know on Saturday and then in the desert on uh, on the weekend. I mean, or on the you know midweek Thursday, yeah, yeah, and and then you're playing at sea level in you know ungodly humidity and heat. Um, it's it's a crazy league. I mean, and and it, the travel and the climate changes and the time zone changes. All of that. Uh, affect everybody differently and we've seen players that have come into the league and it's been no big deal and we've seen other players come into the league and go uh yeah what what, how much are we paying this guy uh yeah that's too much because he's you know but that's the way it goes and hopefully they'll be able to acclimate and hopefully the uh you know the players and the support structure that are in uh, in place with this orlando city team it's definitely not what we had in 2015, 16, 17. I mean, this is a very tight-knit group, and there's a lot of players from these countries that these rumored players are coming in from. But let's start with a, a one that did happen. Uh, of course, with all of that need for attack, uh, Orlando City has signed Uruguayan midfielder Cesar Araujo, who is a defensive midfielder. Yes. Uh, so addressing needs right off the bat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I joke. We got Sebas Mendes. You got your you got your Junior Urso as your box to box guy. You know you've got Andres Perea. You got Joey Desart. Let's sign a defensive midfielder. That's you know when you have your priorities laid out and you take care of them in order. That's that's quality stuff there. Look, <laughs> you know we joke. Obviously, if even if it's just a depth player, it looks to be a good signing. He seems to have the skills. It'll be nice um, to have a backup for uh, Sebas, especially you know in, in that part of the pitch. But uh, well, not but. I mean, it's good to have him. <laughs> the but is yeah. Can we can we look on the other end of the field, man? <laughs> yeah. Um... But, you know, this is a kid who's brought in under the U22 initiative. He's got a lot of upside. Um, He's not a finished product yet, but he's someone that can come in, develop, become a starter, and get sold to a European league. And that's, for those who bemoan it, it, that is somewhat what MLS is right now, and that's not a bad thing. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of good players that have come into clubs, helped them win trophies, and then moved on. And I think we would all be okay if we get some of these young guys in. They help us win trophies and then move on. Yeah. Um, so one of the players that has been uh, rumored to come in is an Argentinian winger, Gaston Gonzalez. Uh, this has been sort of an on-again, off-again thing in the uh, in reports, what we're seeing. Uh, I think... Um, his team union has uh, has turned down some offers, um, but you know this is this has also been an ongoing thing with Facundo Torres, uh, an Uruguayan winger, and so these are two guys that are young guys 
who could come in and, and take their spots on the wings and, and take those starting spots on the wings. And, and of course, Torres would be expected to start um, as he would probably be in DP money territory. Um, mm-hmm. A very, you know, all the reports are basically saying the same thing, like $10 million um, transfer fee, $2 million bonus. So it's, it's, it would be a record transfer for Orlando city if they spend the money and there have been, I don't know how many reports out of South America. It seems like every South American reporter covering soccer has done some form of tweet where it's a done deal. It's going to happen. And it hasn't been announced yet, but it does seem likely that that one will, will take place. It, it was cold for a while, but um, it seems like they finally came to an agreement with Penyroll and we may see something by the time you and I do our next show. Yeah, I was honestly thinking and hoping that we would have something by the time we did this show. It wasn't the case. Penrill is – the way I understand how this is going down is they need money and they want to maximize their funds, which, okay, that's good for their club, I understand. Mm-hmm. And they had the deal from Orlando City. And they're like, yeah, 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 we're going to wait for some European clubs. And the European clubs didn't come knocking. And they kept going, well, all right, Orlando, how about give us some more money? Orlando's like, hey, you don't have anybody else. I'm the only one asking you to dance here. Uh, but they just, they they wouldn't give up. And hopefully now they have, you know, we have, we have like you said, so many tweets, so many reports saying done deal. Mm-hmm. MLS Soccer even put out there that it looks like it should be done. Uh, you know, they put out in a... a, a <laughs> More article on their thing. Uh, we've got all kinds of other sources saying for sure. You know, even uh, you know, talk to somebody who says that they're talking to his dad, and it's definitely happening. And this is all well and good, but until Orlando City puts out an actual press release stating that it's done, you and I are not going to say it's done because mm-hmm. if we do, and then it doesn't happen, yeah. well. There you go. Yeah. Unless, you know, if we get if we get some if we get our sources to you know, multiple sources to come in and, and confirm that it's done, then it, that people that we know that we feel comfortable with, then we will report that. But as it is now, we got to wait for the paperwork to become official and the league to approve the deal. Uh, I imagine it gets a little complicated when you get get deals that are this expensive. So, we'll have to wait and see. The, just the fact that we're talking about this now means it'll probably get announced before this podcast publishes. Correct. We have almost <clears throat> certainly ensured that something will happen tomorrow morning before this drops. Yeah, which is fine because I've already written the story. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to add the quote from Luis Muzi and the, you know, some of the details and and and, and hit publish. Um, yeah, you've had it written for like a week. I have also written, pre-written the, the signing of Pato. Uh, the re-signing of Pato's story. So again, just waiting on a quote and the official word. Um, but yeah, th- these are guys that can come in and play. But it, it really represents a couple of different changes for Orlando City. If this, if if either of these happen, let alone both of them, uh, Gaston Gonzalez and and uh, Facundo Torres, it represents the maybe not the complete end of of going out and and getting guys like on the wrong side of thirty. But what it does mean is that you're you're giving Oscar Pereja young, hungry players that want to learn and want to improve and want to, more, more importantly, develop their game to the point where they can go play in Europe because that's what MLS is now, is a place for good young talent to come and prove themselves because, I don't know if you've noticed this, Dave, MLS is selling a lot of players overseas these days uh I, I believe the orlando city club has sold two players uh to europe in just the last year actually uh not accurate chris mueller left on a free but had they re-signed him he would have been sold exactly correct and that's then you add in all the other players um some former orlando players uh one richie larea congrats yep. to him richie larea so, sold tejan buchanan i mean mls is is selling guys left and right uh, uh pepe from dallas uh, just yep. left for augsburg i mean this has become a seller's league and that's another reason why the UC european teams aren't knocking down penurel's door they're saying let this kid he's 21 
let him go play in MLS a couple years, and we'll get a sense of what he's all about, and then we'll see if we want to buy him. Exactly right, and that's good news for MLS, and that is good news for Orlando City. Look, Oscar Pereja has a history of developing young players and making them into good players. And if he can get in his hands on some of these, like you said, young, hungry guys that are looking to move abroad, and to the if we're paying to the tune of you know ten mil for them, that's something that you would expect to happen. If Oscar can get his hands on that quality and then make something out of it, that is exactly the type of thing that this club needs to be doing. And hopefully this will be that first step into that new era of MLS for Orlando City. Looking for that next Miguel Almiron type. Um, and and yep. this, is, this is good for Orlando and it's good for the league to be able to get these guys when they're at this level and... Because you know, a lot of these guys used to get buried in European teams, uh, you know, B teams and that kind of thing. But that's only one part of it. Is, is Going younger is only one piece of this. The other bigger piece is that if they go out and spend $12 million on a player, on one player, that shows you that what we've been saying all along is that wealth money is a thing that didn't mm-hmm. used to exist for this club. No, no, it wasn't because, as you mentioned, this would be a record signing as far as the money goes. And that's not the only money that they're about to splash around, assuming that the Torres thing happens. So I like it. Yeah, because if they're if they're pursuing Gaston Gonzalez and Facundo Torres, that's transfer fees for two guys right there that are going to be, you know, obviously we already talked about some some numbers uh, with Torres, we don't really know what the numbers are with Gonzalez, but presumably that's not going to be inexpensive. It's going to be millions, probably, um, perhaps a million or two million. I don't know, some much lower than the Torres one. But then again, there's that striker that we talked about that this team still needs. Yeah, strikers make a lot of money. Even average strikers make a lot of money. So uh, the Wolves are not shying away from this and. It's pretty cool to see that they went out and 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 got a U22 player. They can do that again. Uh, the, basically, the bottom line is they can sign a couple of regular designated players, and like I said, one of those might be Mauricio Pereira. They might not, and they can also um, have a young designated player, which mm-hmm. actually might be the route that they take with with Torres, because Torres, I think, the way I read the rules would make too much money to qualify under the U22 initiative, but he would qualify as a young DP, which means that's a $200,000 uh, cap hit. That's his salary charge. His budget charge is $200,000, which is, hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> if you compare that to 10 mil, that's really good. That's a uh, fraction. To put that into perspective, um, Udi Rosell was a four hundred plus thousand dollar player last year. There you go, folks. Math. We don't yeah. usually like doing it, but that's the kind that of, uh, we'll try. Yeah. So it, we don't know what this team is going to look like um, in five days when they open camp. It will so, probably look like a team that's missing some players because you got to get the paperwork to go through. You got to get the, tra- the the work visas and permits and all of that. That's never easy especially for this club. It always seems like it's like, oh, New York City signed a guy, and here he is. He's here today. And Orlando City signs a guy, and three weeks later, you're like, hey, when's he going to show up at training? <laughs> Do we ever get to see this player? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's just the way it goes. And uh, But it, it's it's like you and I said it's going to be an interesting offseason. It has been an interesting offseason, and – there's all kinds of moving parts. We don't know what this, the makeup of this team is going to be. Uh, one thing I saw that I thought was interesting is that uh, Stephen Goff had uh, posted that DC United is looking at offers. If people want to come and get Ola Kamara, they're willing to trade him. And I think he would be a fantastic replacement for Daryl, even though Ola's, uh, you know, he's getting a little older but he scored 19 goals last year, so he ain't over the hill. No, and 
add in the fact that any goals that he scores for us, he is also not scoring against us. Mm, and yeah. that's a uh, that's a pretty good swing there. Exactly. I think it's I think it's great. I think uh, I think he'd be a good addition. But you know, that's uh, that's for Luis Muzi to decide. He gets paid to make those decisions. He gets paid a lot more than I get paid to write about those decisions. Yes, and he gets paid more. He gets paid more than I do for my regular job to make those decisions. So there you exactly. have it. Exactly. All right. So I think that's all the player news we needed to talk about in terms of the the transfer rumors that are out there and the reports that we're hearing and the things we think are close and the things that have happened. Uh, one other thing that happened today, as you and I record this, is there was a draft today. Was it a super draft? That's what they tell me, Dave, but I watched the broadcast, and that wasn't very super to me. <laughs> well, the production certainly wasn't super. So here's the thing. Um, you could probably go get, like, a couple of YouTubers, and they could put together something that was so much better production-wise than what happened today. It was embarrassing. Like, every time they threw it to somebody to, to do their pick, the like first thing... Busy. Yeah, the first thing you heard was a guy counting down to the to the person being able to introduce the pick. So they would say, "Okay, we're gonna we have the pick is in. We're gonna go to Austin. Here's the here's the Austin uh, GM, and then the Austin GM. You hear this in the background: five, four, three, two, one, and then the then the guy goes. It's like, how can they be this off? Yeah, the buffering that was going on between the studio and wherever these guys were was really bad. Uh, I felt I felt so bad. Poor Luis Muzi. Uh, oh, and here's how bad you know it was. So they go to Orlando. Luis starts to say the pick. They mm-hmm. stop it. They go back to the studio. They do a thing. They then say... Orlando is on the clock. We know that Muzi already has the pick, that they've already yeah. made the pick. We heard him start to say it. And then 60 seconds later, they go, all right, well, yeah, the pick is in. Yeah, no kidding. We heard yeah. him start to say it. They cut him off. <laughs> they threw it to 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 him or to, to Orlando for the pick. But on the screen was their reporter. And he was going to like tell some story about some previous pick. And it was like you could see the reporter, but you could hear Luis Muzi. Yeah. And they said, "What you know? With the number eighteen pick overall, Orlando City selects." And then they cut. It's like right what they said. It's like we just about had the name. And uh, so anyway, they eventually did announce it, and that was good. But my question is this, Dave: After two or three times, don't you get on the phone to everybody and say, "Okay, can you do a countdown with your fingers instead of saying it out loud, so we don't hear five, four, three, two, one every single time?" Yeah, you would think so, but as the evidence shows, that is not the case with this uh, this really, really bad... You're right, not YouTuber. 18-year-old... No, 15-year-old YouTubers could have done a better job yeah. than they did on this. It was not great, uh, production-wise, is what I'm saying. And also, if you went on YouTube to watch the stream, that thing buffered like a son of a gun, and I had to watch it on twi- uh, Twitter... And other people watched on, um, said it was fine on MLS, uh, the MLS website. Uh, I had no problems with the Twitter feed, uh, the Twitter stream, but the the YouTube stream. Oh my God, that was terrible. I, f- I figured it out. All the uh, all the people that were at the remote locations were watching it on YouTube, so they were behind. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they ha- it was very odd. They did this five minute piece on talking to. Uh, you know, draft prospects about the pandemic. And I'm like, all right, yeah, okay. Let's. This is a fun little walk down pandemic memory lane. And oh, by the way, we're still in it. <laughs> yeah, like it's not over, folks. But anyway, uh, it was, it was painful to yeah. watch. It really was. That whole thing though with the countdown was just killing me. It was like every single time and and I, I said have they these guys ever heard if you have a hot mic to just you know count with your fingers like hold up 5 4 3 2 1 and then point to them. And Jeremiah from Sounder at Heart we were talking in the Slack channel and Jeremiah said I learned that from Wayne's World. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh Apparently the MLS people did not watch Wayne's World. 
which just tells you everything you need to know about them, doesn't it? It does. All right, so let's get to who actually was drafted today. <laughs> the Lions uh, wanted to, you know, they've done it a lot of times. Is they've gone with forwards, and so they did in the first round, 18th pick overall. They didn't trade up. They didn't trade down. They took Notre Dame's Jack Lynn. Uh, he was fairly prolific in college, but, um, you know, you, you never know how that's going to translate to the MLS game. And, and and I would not expect necessarily the same type of production from someone who was picked 18th overall as from someone who was picked, say, fifth overall a couple years ago. And who had gotten passed over by a couple teams. Yeah. Foolishly. Now, Jack Lynn may be a perfectly good uh, MLS striker before it's all said and done. But I think we need to temper um, expectations. It's that when you're a bad team and you're drafting higher, you have a better chance of hitting a home run uh, on that draft pick than you do when you're picking in the playoff spots. So 18th and down is not as likely. Now it's possible. Sure. There's, there are good players taken in that range every year, but we'll have to see what Jack Lynn will bring to the table. He played 79 games across four seasons at Notre Dame, scored 31 goals. That's not bad. Eight assists. um, And uh, here's something that the fans will like to hear, a perfect six out of six from the penalty spot. That that is a plus there. That's, um, you know, hopefully that translates to MLS from the college game, but Mm -hmm. uh, that's big there. Maybe just, you know, bring them in for, you know, PKs and it goes to that. Yeah. He will not be expected, probably not be a lot of pressure on him to perform right away. He'll be sort of that developmental forward like Derek Dodson was last year. He may even get loaned out. Um, Who knows? But it it is always a good idea to bring in more strikers and eventually, you know, see who develops and who doesn't. But uh, that was the first first round pick for the uh for the lions i i can honestly say that i didn't watch a whole lot of men's college soccer this year so i didn't get a look at him this year i did not either um i watch a lot of women's college soccer but uh not Mm -hmm. the men's game and yeah Yeah, i spent a lot i I, like i i would always look for byu women's games to see michaela (laughs) colahan it's like (laughs) pride need to get this this woman signed. <laughs> exactly. Uh. Uh, well, in the second round, the Lions went defense with Marshall defender Nathan Dos Santos at the number 46 pick uh, center back for Marshall. Again, I don't know if he's good, but, you know, Luis Muzi should know if he's good. He I drafted him. So. He's the one that drafted him. <laughs> they, they, it's supposedly his job to go out and find out this stuff and maybe have a, you know, the big board or maybe it's a medium sized board because it's the MLS super draft. But they, they've got a board of some sort where they've got players ranked on who they want to pick, you know, going on down the line. Yeah. And presumably he was the next guy up when it was their pick. That was available. Yes. Yeah. All right. So. That just left one pick left because, uh, again, they didn't trade up or down. They just kind of stayed where they were, um, which is fine. I mean, it was, it's was it been a while since we have an uneventful draft, kind of, I guess. And uh, yeah. at number 74, they stayed close to home and went with a forward from UCF, Nick Taylor. So they went from uh, Jack Lynn to Nathan Dos Santos to Nick Taylor, another forward. Uh, again, never hurts to just continue to add guys that can put the ball in the net. Yeah, don't expect to see any of these guys. And if they do, there's probably big problems. Yeah, or they've really been surprisingly good. Right. And and you'll know which it is. Yeah, so four goals, five assists in 17 games. Uh, in his sophomore year at New Mexico, that wasn't too; th- those aren't bad numbers for a sophomore. Uh, his goals re- uh, were second on the team. Um, he transferred to SMU, so he's you know he's kind of bounced around a couple of years. That's not unusual in college soccer, guys. Uh, and both on the men's and women's side, it's very common to have somebody start at one school and then uh, go to another school or even two other schools. So uh, mm-hmm. that's what he did. He transferred to SMU for his junior 
uh, uh, season and uh, 20, in 2019 he had 19 appearances and he had three assists so not putting the ball in the net then but again acclimating to a new team and uh, he had 11 games of the postponed spring season and scored two goals and uh, then he took a fifth year after transferring a third and final time because everybody got that COVID year mm-hmm and uh, he went to UCF, and in 16 games, he scored three goals and had nine assists. And that's, I think, the part of his game that sort of interests Orlando City is that this is a guy who can set up other players. Right. Um, you're not making the guy that you're picking 74th your top striker or even your third string striker, but if you can come in and spell somebody late in games and provide assists for the guys that are higher up the roster. That's a good thing. When you're taking someone in the seventies, you're thinking this is a player that's got some things that we like, some tools that we like in his bag. And let's see if we can bring them in and develop them. And most of those players end up in the USL or somewhere else. And, you know, if you're a betting person you know that's where you put your money but you never know i look they had the pick you got to use it well you don't have to but you might as well so (laughs) you could pass that's why they got rid that's why they got rid of the fourth round is because too many players were you know sitting there hoping to get their names would get called and teams were going yeah i'd rather have no one Hey, that's just harsh. So <laughs> it is. It's really like if you're sitting there going, "Look, it doesn't cost you anything. All you got to do is like, just give me a shot. Let me come in and train. You know, who knows?" But they'd rather say, "Yeah, the plane ticket is just too expensive. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spend money on a plane ticket and 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 give you a an apartment to share with some other person that's probably not gonna make the team." Yeah. Pass. Like said, harsh. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So that's the draft. And uh, we, we it will be some time before we know if, if this is any good. No, one thing we do know is Orlando City has a pretty good track record in the draft. So if mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, it, this is when you're, like I said, when you're picking eight, anything really below 15th, it's exponentially harder to get a player that's going to be. Uh, a, a, a significant contributor in MLS. It's a roll of the dice, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to do? It's it's a mechanism for distributing talent, and you know, there's not tons of it. <laughs> you know, not tons of it that can play at this level, anyway. I'll tell you what you can do. You can get a better production career for the thing that we have to watch, see what players are taking. That's what uh. you can do. It was brutal. I, you know, I thought the NWSL draft was bad, <laughs> but it was better production-wise than MLS's. Uh, it was just a little more boring. Yeah, actually, I, I don't know if I don't actually know if I could say it's more boring because that group of of hosts they weren't bringing a lot to the party. No, no, they weren't. Um, I, I I think you and I could have been more excited about some of the stuff than they were. Yeah, and it, not doing anything. I mean, it, we would at least have made some people laugh. I would it, hope so. Yeah. Inten- intentionally, not unintentionally, like right. like what happened with the broadcast. <laughs> but yeah, you know. well, all we're saying is we might be available for the right amount of money. Yeah, yeah. Give us a call. Yeah, uh, or write to us at the mainland at gmail dot com. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to you. We'll have our people yeah. call your people. We'll do lunch. We'll have our people do lunch with your people. Yeah. Do people do lunch in the pandemic? I don't even know. Skype lunch? I mean, I know they eat lunch. I just don't know if they're doing lunch. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else Orlando City related that we need to discuss? No, I think we've beaten this to death. All right. I think that's enough about the Lions. Let's talk a little bit about the Pride. We're going to do that right after this. And we're back, and let us talk, Dave, a little bit of Orlando Pride. Some news today as uh, the Pride said, hey, 
We know you guys are going to be talking about Orlando City later because of the draft, but we're going to get some news in. Oh, that was nice of them. So this morning it came out that Orlando City has acquired forward Darian Jenkins from the Kansas City Current. Pretty steep price, I thought. A second-round pick in 2023 draft and $75,000 in allocation money for Darian Jenkins, who has been around for a little while, has been with uh, the North Carolina Courage, has been with O.L. Reign, has been with Kansas City, has seven career goals as a striker in the NWSL. And Dave, three of them came against a really bad 2019 Orlando Pride team. Yes. Well, you know what they say, Michael. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And I think that was the case here. Yeah, well, the thing is, we we don't really know what Darian Jenkins can do. Uh, she's been on some, like, I mean, if you're playing for North Carolina a couple of years ago, that was the year they won the Shield. That's, they also won the uh, the playoff championship. So they won the Cup. They won the Shield. And they have Jessica McDonald at the time. They have Lynn Williams at the time. Uh, that's a very, very good team. You're not getting tons of minutes. And so not a not really a surprise that she didn't flourish there. She was coming back from an injury that kept her out the, her whole rookie season. She went to OL Reign. Again, pretty stacked team. She got a lot of games there, though. And when she was when she you know she had some injury issues throughout her career basically she went to she went to australia for a year on loan and she did pretty well there but overall this is a player that we don't know if if she's ever been in the right situation we don't know if she's ever been like fully fit and and sort of integrated into a team um from the get-go and and we don't know if she's been deployed in the best possible manner but what we do know is that darian jenkins played college soccer at UCLA under Amanda Cromwell. Amanda Cromwell, as you might know, Dave, I'm pretty sure you know, and our listeners probably do too, because they're pretty savvy. Uh, Amanda Cromwell is the new head coach of the Orlando Pride. So if anybody knows how to deploy Darian Jenkins and get the most out of her skill set, it would be Amanda Cromwell. That would indeed be the case. And look, this is a Pride team that does need some attack. Um, well, there was one player you may have heard of, Alex Morgan, that is no longer with the club. Uh, that's a pretty big replacement needed there. Yes, you have Sidney LaRue, um, and I think Sid's going to do great, but Sid's also getting older. You've got a club that's looking to get younger, and Cromwell knows Jenkins. You know, For her, she's a known quantity, mm-hmm. and she can bring in, knows her system, and can hit the ground running so to speak so you know whether it's worth the 75 in allocation and that draft pick that's we'll have to find out but uh, it seems that uh, ian fleming and 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 cromwell are uh are comfortable enough to do it yep they went out and spent the money and we'll have to see how uh darren jenkins is used she's she's 27 years old she still had should have plenty left in the tank um and, you know, this is a player that if, if if Amanda Cromwell believes in her and can coach her up and she's effective in her system, this could be a really good move uh, if she continues to produce at the level she has produced at. And it's hard to take what she did at Kansas City um, as as any real indicator of what she's capable of because that wasn't a very good team and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of her lack of goals there probably – due in part to bad service and the, the team having to defend a lot. Um, Kansas City, she played 22 matches, started 18, uh, scored three goals. Doesn't sound like a lot, but that's tied for the club lead in goals. So yeah, that sure. tells you Kansas City didn't score a lot of goals, and maybe not all of that was on the striker. Yeah, that's that would seem – if that's what's going on, if you have if you are tied for the lead with three goals – I'm going to say you might not be getting the service that you need as a striker. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see how she does. It's uh, uh, this was an intriguing player out of college. She was a first round pick. Uh, the courage presumably know what they're doing and they, they drafted her in the first round. She had a very good collegiate career. 
29 goals at UCLA and 12 assists. Uh, helped them win a national championship. So uh, she's been on a national championship team. She's been on a professional team that's won a championship. It's not a bad thing to have in their locker room. Absolutely not. I think, like I say, we'll have to see whether it was worth everything, but yeah. not a bad pick. And right now, the Pride don't have a lot of forwards. The you know, obviously there's Sid Larue, there's Abby Kim. Uh, Abby Kim very still unproven. Mm-hmm. I said that backwards. Still very unproven. And Darian <laughs> Jenkins, Taylor Korniak has played at uh, at the forward position, but I th- it looks like they want her as more of a midfielder. Um, I don't know what Amanda's going to do with her. Uh, Becky Burley moved her back to a, to a midfielder. She was a midfielder in college. Mm-hmm. So it seems that she's a midfielder. I know a lot of people are used to seeing Marta play on the forward line, but Marta is a midfielder. And especially at, at her rapidly advancing age, um, probably not wise to, to try to make her be your striker. So, uh, And yes, the team has drafted a lot of forwards. Uh, still got to sign them. Yeah. Still waiting on that. Yeah. So the, the collegiate draft picks, uh, you know, the Pride went out and, and went and bought forwards in bulk in the draft. <laughs> but not all of them are probably going to make the team. Correct. Some, you can... some, some of them may just end up being practice players, and some may, you know, head to Europe if they, if they can't catch on. Yeah, so Jenkins hits that sweet spot of being a little bit older, having some NWSL experience, um, and, you know, but also, like you say, having a little little gas left in the tank. Uh, really, that's it for the Pride news that I have, unless you saw something else. That is everything I know of. All right. I think our work is done here, except for our mailbag, Dave. woo Would you like to do some mail? I like love to... doing the mail. We should absolutely do the mail. Okay. Then I will uh, explain to people how they can ask us literally anything, and there are two ways to do that. One of those ways is to hit us up on Twitter. At the mainland is our Twitter account. Use the hashtag AskTMLPC. And uh, the other way, I mean, there are other ways you could do it that, you know, you could get word to us somehow. But easiest is the email. TheMainland at gmail.com is how you do that. And uh, you can throw AskTMLPC in the subject line and that'll, that'll grab my attention and I'll be sure to to put a little star next to it like you do in Gmail. You put a star so that you can find it really easy. Clue you in as to what it's about. (laughs) Yeah. That tells me everything I need to know. All right. So, Dave, let's get to that uh, mailbox, that that Gmail box, as it were. And let's talk to our friend, Tiger Tamer. Woohoo! All right, Tiger Tamer. Tiger Tamer 33, to be exact. Don't want to confuse them with other Dude, Tiger yes. Tamers. No. Uh, Tiger Tamer says, Hello, guys. Happy New Year's. I hope you both had an amazing holiday. Well, thank you, Tiger, but we don't really have time for small talk. We have to get to the question. Okay, then he says, My question is, with Nani and DK both gone, who will step up and be the new captain for Orlando City this upcoming season? Personally, I would love to see either Urso or Janssen take the armband. What do you think, Dave? I think those are two good choices. I think since uh, Mauricio is back, you will have Mauricio with the armband sometimes, you will have Urso with the band sometimes, and you will probably have Janssen with the band sometimes. I think those are the the correct three guys to assume will take that role at various times during the season. Who's number one, number two, and number three? Eh, that's, uh, I'd say it's between uh, Mauricio and Urso. But what are your thoughts? I see this. Uh, first of all, I think there's one captain, and, and and that person is always going to wear the armband unless they're not in the lineup. And I think it's going to be Pereira. But I could also see it being Urso. And I think it, the order of it would probably be like this. Mauricio Pereira is your captain. If he's not in the lineup, it's Urso. If he's not in the lineup, it's Galese. That's what I think. Okay. All right. Potentially Janssen after that, but you really don't want all those guys out of the lineup. 
<laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have all them on. Yeah. Or, you know, when they sign Edison Cavani, he'll be the captain. Right, obviously. I mean, which any day now we're expecting that. <laughs> or Anthony Martial, one of those two. I, I hear Mo Salah is available potentially from Liverpool if uh, they can't get off their butts and sign him. Uh, you know, he's from Liverpool, but I'll take him anyway. Oh, oh, that's so generous of you. I know. I would I would swallow my pride as a Manchester United fan. I, I would do that. That's, that's where I'm willing to go for this team. You are so committed. I am. I am. Uh, that's, uh, that's the answer. Thank you for the question, Tiger Tamer 33. That's all I have in the mailbox, uh, Dave. What do we have in the Twitters? We got twice as much in the Twitters. <gasps> Ooh, that's like... What? Two. Fifty percent more? Seventy five percent more? <laughs> <laughs> I was told there would be no math. I don't even like math. I don't even know why math exists. Do we need math? Well, it is the basic language of the universe, but anyway. <laughs> Do we need right. the universe at this point? Well, that's debatable. <laughs> All right, well, while we have the universe, mm-hmm. uh, one person in it, Ryan Smith. Uh, says, and I say says because we haven't gotten to the question yet, officially booked flights to Europe for two weeks uh, in Europe, which that's Just in time for the lockdown. Woo! Oh, sorry. He's landing in London early March 19th. Which game should we try and get tickets to that day? And he tips on how to get tickets from the games there, and he says if there's any UK listeners with advice, he'll take that as well, and uh, well, you can find if you just search STMLPC, you can find Ryan and maybe help him out. Mm-hmm. But thoughts on the match? I think he he should go see AFC Richmond. Yes, if at all possible, and they are a London team, so yeah. Uh, find out who AFC Richmond is playing. Um, honestly, uh, as I understand it, <laughs> where you're there, all the London teams are leaving town. I, yes. I'm not saying you should read anything into that or be offended by that, uh, Ryan, but probably it's you. Look, I, I did look that up, and all the big four of London squads are away elsewhere. Um, you could go just a little north of London and see Watford versus Everton, which you could probably get tickets to, to be honest. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're able to travel, uh, you could go be the two proxies for Michael and I as Manchester United visits Liverpool that day. So um, it's England, man. Just jump on a train. It's not like here. It's not like you're going from New York to L.A. for a CONCACAF Champions League game because your uh, stadium that you play in isn't like like CONCACAF approved for Champions League. Like some teams yeah. I know, but just get on get on Brit Rail. You can be someplace uh, that actually has a decent match in a couple hours. What I would do is, I, if I were you, is I would wear my Orlando City gear and I would go to see West Brom. Now that is a good idea. Find out where West Brom's playing and then go see Daryl DK and show him he's got some support. I. I like that. I like that. That's a good plan. Plus, you'll be, you'll be representing the purple. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. All right. Bring us back scarves wherever you go. Yes. AFC Richmond, preferably. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, our good friend, Luis Hernandez, says, How would the two of you rank the nine Marvel projects, four movies, and five TV shows released in 2021 that kicked off the start of Phase 4? Good grief, Louise. That's homework level question. I would rank them by height. <laughs> For, there's a movie called Caddyshack. Yeah. That's how you that's how you rank golfers. Yeah. Uh, so I'll do very quickly. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed Shang-Chi and as far as the movies go, and I enjoyed the latest spider-man eternals meh, not as much and then hawkeye 
was without a doubt a jewel at the end of the year for me. And as a matter of fact, I thought the other day I'm going to rewatch it just because I liked it that much. Mm-hmm. What are the other uh, properties uh, that are missing? What did you say? There were nine of them? Yeah, he said four movies, which were the Eternal, Shang-Chi, um, Spidey, and what am I forgetting? Black Widow? Black Widow. All right, I'm going to rank them Shang-Chi 1, Black Widow 2, and I haven't seen the other two. Okay, I'll go Shang-Chi, Spidey, Black Widow, Eternals. All right, so what else is left so five TV shows. So okay. you've got Hawkeye. You've got, um, God was was Scarlet. Uh, was uh, Scarlet Witch in the Vision? Was that WandaVision? Was that twenty twenty one? Good God, how long was that year? Um, <laughs> I thought it was last year. I mean, I, obviously, it was last year. I, I thought it was. I thought it was twenty twenty. All right, let's think. If it was if it was that and Loki and uh, Captain uh, or uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, Hawkeye and um, the animated one, what if? Uh huh. I guess those are the five. Okay. Uh, uh, if if I'm right, I will go Hawkeye, WandaVision, Loki, Winter Soldier. And what if? All right. Um, no, Dave. WandaVision. WandaVision. January of twenty uh, January fifteenth, twenty twenty one was episode one of WandaVision. Man, that was a long year. Holy I know. Crap. Well, it's at the very beginning of the year, so yeah, I know it doesn't matter. Still. It's forgivable I... to think that it was the year before because it was like a matter of weeks. Okay. Well, I gave my rankings on those five. How about you? All right. So I would I go Loki one. I go Hawkeye two. No, I mean I'm gonna go Wandavision two. Hawkeye three. Although you could like it's like it's a hair width between those three. I love them all almost equally. Um, and the uh, the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I like again. I liked it a lot, but it's it's a notch below those. And what if was last because I didn't even finish watching it. <laughs> I stopped right, well, at the I stopped at the Doctor Strange uh, repeating himself over and over episode where I just got really mad at him and said, "Look, I know you're obsessed, but even you are not this stupid. Just stop." <laughs> oh. That's why it's what if. Evidently, yeah. that one was. What if Doctor Strange was an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that should have been the name of it. <laughs> that should have been the name of that episode. Look, yeah. all I am going to I, I want to thank Luis for pointing out that we did have those nine projects in twenty twenty one to help us get through that year. And it's it's good to remember that. So I, I thank him for that. Yeah. So did I rank all of them? Did I rank all the you, shows? You did. You okay. did. All right. That's five, but I thought that you didn't rank WandaVision and had five somehow. I don't know. No. I I did I did Hawkeye, WandaVision, yeah. and then Loki and then Winter Soldier and then what if. Yeah, like Hawkeye, Loki and WandaVision for me. You just put them in a a hat and just pick one out and that's my favorite on any given day right depending on how you're feeling because they're all really 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 well done um i really dug those um i feel like the most rewatchable one would probably be hawkeye yeah i think that that one would like stand up better for repeat um viewing so. I, I agree, and the reason I would say that is because the there were mysteries going on in the other two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like it's like watching the usual suspects. I mean, you can still enjoy it, but after that first time, some of the magic is gone. Yeah. Uh, and if he wanted us to rank like 
the movies and the TV shows against each other. I don't know that I, I don't know that that's a fair comparison because a movie and a TV show are very different. And yeah. then you're trying to like, you're basically saying, okay, well, is this six hour movie better than this two hour movie? And yeah, because you have a lot more character development stuff. So it's that they don't, they don't, it's not apples to apples. Correct. And he broke it up and said, well, he didn't, he didn't specifically break it up, but he did mm-hmm. in parentheses say four movies and five TV shows and it's our show. So we'll yeah. do it how we want to. All right. So I think that answers the question. We, we never promise to answer it the way you want us to answer it. We just promise you'll get an answer. That's correct. And there you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you to those who asked questions. Again, you can do that every week by, even if we don't have a show that week, you still do it. We'll just get to it when we get back. Uh, You can hit us up on Twitter at the mainland with the hashtag AskTMLPC. You can hit us up on, uh, in our email and you can say, Hey, that email address is what? And I'll say, Hey, I just already told you it's the mainland at gmail.com. Why are we even having this discussion? Why aren't you listening? It's literally a podcast. You're supposed to be listening. I don't know. I went somewhere in my head right then, just during that whole time. And I don't even know where it was. I was trying to back you up there. I don't know. I don't know where it went, but I I was gone. And now I'm back. Uh, One other thing that we would ask you to do is go on iTunes and leave us a star rating. And hopefully you'll be honest Uh, And hopefully you think that this is a five, because if you put a five and then you write a review, we'll read it on the air. And uh, wouldn't you just love if we read your review on the air? I think that would be a really nice thing to do if somebody gave us a review. You know, some people go to Cameo and pay people to say things to them. Yeah. You don't have to pay us just like a a five-star rating and a brief review. That costs you nothing nothing and uh, we will do it for free yeah yeah so anyway that's just a thought uh nobody has done that since october 27th we've gone a long time between reviews just think whoever does it next will be the first person to do it in 2022 don't you want that honor don't you want to be the first we do have 70 ratings now Okay, well, and we're pulling. Nice. We're pulling a very solid four point eight out of a five star scale. Well, you know, there's always going to be haters. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's almost all five stars. There's a couple of four stars and like one or two one stars because people gotta haters gonna hate, like you said. Well, I would say what Rebecca said in Ted Lasso, but we'll try to keep it family friendly. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, go on uh, iTunes and. Re- Leave us a rating and, and a review. And if that thing is a five, oh, buddy, you're getting it read on the air. Yeah, you are. Maybe we're, maybe it's a deterrent. Maybe some people secretly want to leave us a five-star review, but they are afraid that we'll read it on the air. Well, there's a simple solution to that. If you don't want to, if you want to say something nice, but you don't want it read on the air, if you just tell us in there, yeah, please don't read it on the air. We'll respect that. Yeah, and say it up front in case we don't read it before we're on the air <laughs> while we're recording. If I just pull it up and I start reading it, and then I get to the end and say, "Oh, by the way, please don't read this on the air," it's too late at that point. So yeah, maybe start with, "Hey, I don't want you to read this on the air, but hey, it's a really great podcast. Thank you so much." Or, you know, whatever it is you want to say. It's the whole they should put the warning before the spell thing that Dr. (laughs) Shrink talked about. It's it's exactly right. Put the warning first. It's very important. It is. I don't know. All right, Dave, have we covered everything? I think we've more than covered everything. All right. Have Have we annoyed everybody long enough? Well, they, they can let us know in the comments and uh, or send us an email about it. That's right. All right, so now you know how to get a hold of us for next time. Uh, we're not promising to come back next week, but I would, I would bet there will be enough news between now and next week that we will probably have a show next week. But I'm not promising one because if Facundo Torres and Alexander Pato don't sign and nobody else, you know, there's no other big news... Um, then we're just gonna we're just gonna hold because it's off season and Dave I don't want to alarm you but the season starts next month. Oh, uh, uh, I yeah I know. 
I, I know we didn't really have an off season last year. Do you remember like two years ago, three years ago when you and I actually <laughs> didn't talk every week? I know yeah. we, we had like four months where we did four shows. Yeah. That's I the normal. Even... <laughs> I don't even... In the before times, that was the normal. Yeah. I, 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 I can't even wrap my brain around that anymore. What did we do during the pandemic shutdown? Did we do a show every week? We oh, we did. oh we did the Marvel rewatch. That's what yeah. we did. Yeah. yeah, we did the Marvel rewatch. We had to make stuff up to talk about, which, to be fair, was not hard for us. No, I mean, when we recorded the first segment tonight, and I saw that we talked for thirty nine minutes, I was like, about what? There was like four things. But it's us. So there you have it. We're verbose. Okay. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, thank you for everybody who wrote in, uh, you know, to the mailbag segment to ask us anything. We appreciate that. Uh, we haven't heard from some of you in a while. We're a little concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, so let's let us know how it. you're doing. You don't, even if you don't have a question, just let us know how you're doing. Drop us a line. Uh, but thank you for that. Uh, we will be back next time, not necessarily next week, but it is likely we'll be back next week. But we will wrap up episode 277. Find Dave on Twitter at Mainland Dave. You can follow him. He would love it if you'd follow him. I would. Uh, I'm at Mainland Michael, and the of course the site is at the Mainland. You can. Uh, follow us uh, or like us on Facebook and, and read our stuff over there. You can go to the mainland.com and read us there. We would love if you did all of those things. We would really love it if you went to iTunes uh, or Apple podcasts or whatever they're calling it these days and uh, leave us a five-star rating and a review. And again, let us know if you want it read on the air or not in your review. <laughs> and we will be happy to oblige and we will be back next time. But until then, episode 277 is history. We'll do what we always do at the end by saying, Go City! Go Pride!